what's up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast where we try our absolute hardest to take a look at the A24 movie library in just 24 minutes at a time. I'm Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the podcast, we are diving into the humans. Keep seeing these ads for that zombie show on TV. It's awful. I can't believe people want to watch that kind of stuff at night. There's enough going on in the real world to give me the creeps. Great. Thank you. To the Blake family Thanksgiving. To the very special Chinatown edition of the Blake family Thanksgiving. Dad, we won't get any reception up here. We have to lean up against the window. Yeah, but now lean in, smush your body up. There you go. So are you balancing a job with all your studies? The main reason I'm not done with school yet is because I was depressed for a bit. I'm fine now. In our family, we don't have that kind of depression. Dad. Whoa, come back to Earth. Sorry. No, we just have a The latest film from A24. This movie is based on the 2016 play by Stephen Karam that won the Tony Award for Best Play. Kind of a big deal. The Humans follows the Blake family over the course of an evening in which they gather to celebrate Thanksgiving. Throughout this film, darkness falls around their dilapidated duplex in downtown Manhattan as family tensions reach a boiling point. Um, This movie slaps. I texted you that Mm -hmm. as soon as I finished this movie. Watched it a couple days ago. Uh, I should should be noted in theaters and on Showtime. Uh, I there was not a theater near me showing it. Unfortunately, did you watch it on Showtime or in a theater? Uh, I did it on Showtime for sure. Okay, yeah, that's the way to go. Thirty day free trial Showtime. I watched The Humans and I immediately texted you as soon as it ended. And I said this movie. I said The Humans slaps with all caps. It was all for caps. Slaps. It was three words. That it was, was it. I was like, okay, I gotta watch this. <laughs> that was it. I was I was so stoked about this movie. Um, honestly, I I loved this movie. I want to know what you think of this film. I had a great time with this movie, which like might sound weird to say. Like there's there's humor and stuff in it. We'll get into all that. But I, I loved it. I love like a small, tight cast. I love like a one location movie or a show, like a bottle episode, like community to those like so well. I, I love just like being stuck in one place. And I don't know. I, I think this movie did a great job of like keeping the characters fluid, both like in their movements and in the conversation. Like like you said, it takes place. It's around Thanksgiving. We have, um, you know, what seems like some family members meeting, you know, a boyfriend kind of for the first time. So you have that right. awkwardness. You have grandma who's like got to take medication that's knocking her out. So she's falling asleep like at the table <laughs> or on the couch. And then like we just have the issues, quote unquote, of like the the central family here. And that's kind of what unravels throughout the whole thing. Um, but I, I thought it was just like a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, and yeah, you could easily see. Uh, the history, I guess, that was in the play, like being brought into the movie in the best way. Yeah. Were were you aware that this was a play? Because I was absolutely unaware that this existed. Before yeah. A24 put out a trailer and I was like, fuck, A24. I was yeah. like, I had no clue what this was. I Yeah, I had no idea at all what was going to happen or what was happening. Okay, um, good. Pretty early on, though, it's like, this feels like it's from a play, but I waited till afterwards because I didn't want to like ruin anything. But yeah, in, in the best way, like you said, it's it definitely feels like it's came from a play. Yeah. And, and it really is in the best way. I think like the framing, the lighting, the tone that we get, you mentioned um, this kind of like single quote unquote stage, this single location. 
I think the the blocking of this movie is done incredibly intentionally. Um, and I think it's an interesting concept when you talk about like a bottle episode or one location thing. I automatically think of Fly with Breaking Bad and oh, happening yeah. all inside the lab. Um, and that is such a d- divisive episode in general because people either think it's worthless or or it's one of the best episodes. And I think the same can go for movies, for film, especially in this situation. If you don't maybe go in with an open mind, I could see somebody saying like, well, that was rather uh, uneventful or rather lame. Like we were just in the apartment the whole time and we only had mm-hmm. this family and only six people. But I think that that is honestly a testament to the movie. If you can make a good movie in one spot with only a very limited amount of people. And this guy, Stephen Karam, he wrote the play, won the Tony for best play. And then he goes on to do this as his directorial debut. I think that is an, an incredibly impressive move. And I think it, it was done in, in the right way, in the best way mm-hmm. for it being set in this one, one location. I kind of got this vibe, this tone of like kind of creepy, potentially something weird was going to happen. For Did sure. you kind of like pick up on that? Listen, until like a month ago, I wouldn't <laughs> have. But after we had our conversation about the farewell and you were like, I was just waiting for like something crazy to happen. I was like, I've never thought about the movies like that before. But now I am. Now I'm watching this waiting for like Richard Jenkins to be up on the ceiling sawing his head off or whatever. Right. Like, What's going to happen here? Like something weird's going to happen. So I, I know it is. Ethan, like he got it in my head. And so I was just waiting for it. So I had oh. no idea how it was going to end. I felt so personally like tense like i sat up yeah like, oh yeah watching it um for like the last 15 20 minutes i was just like waiting for something uh and i think what you know what happens like how it all you know wraps up and everything is awesome i think it was the perfect way to do it it, it got me right where it needed to yeah and we'll kind of t- we'll talk about the ending as we get into the true cinema segment of the show but yeah i ruined you and i ruined myself because like a24 does this i think a24 has been known you know, in the vein of of Uncut Gems, in the vein of Hereditary, to kind of take these final 20, these final 15 minutes and do something ridiculous and do something crazy. And that's what people have kind of like said, like, oh, yeah, that, that's a 24. And, and even talking about Lamb, right? You see the very like final scene of Lamb is absurd. It, mm-hmm. it makes makes no sense. It's ridiculous. And so I initially, when I saw this trailer, I was like, OK, it's called The Humans. Um, This is weird. In the trailer, we get this story that that rich uh steven yoon's character shares about how like oh in in um this this comic book that he reads monsters tell each other stories of humans and those are actually the monsters in their world Mm -hmm. and i was like okay shit's gonna get really weird like people are gonna become aliens or someone's gonna like i i at one point in the movie you kind of we hear all this stomping and creaking and all these things from like the neighbor up above and we don't really know, we don't have any concrete answers as to what that is. And I was thinking in my head, like, oh my God, they had they have like an alien in their in their upstairs mm-hmm. like closet. They like something fucking terrifying is going to happen. And then the final 15 minutes, edge of my seat, literally the most tense I have probably ever been in a movie, like yeah. at least watching it in my home. And and it ended perfectly. Uh, Nothing crazy happened. Um, Nothing obscene, nothing ridiculous. It was just the perfect come down. I was so, I was, I was just like taken aback. I was like, wow, this wasn't on my radar, but it's perfect. And they did a great job with it because we set up early on that this apartment they're moving into is kind of run down, kind of beat up. Like 
you can see like kind of the water spots and the paint. Right. Um, I have a feeling my co-host and longtime friend Tyler is listening to this episode. He and I have lived in a house that kind of felt like it was being held up by paint before. <laughs> you know, like I think there's just so many layers here. It can't fall over because there's like a lot going on here. And this apartment <laughs> felt very much the same where if someone is using the sink on the top level. You can see right. some water running down the wall on the bottom level. It's like, yeah, this place is just kind of held together by like duct tape and a prayer. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of what this was, but it added to the creepiness, you know, and you have Richard Jenkins, who's like being a, a I don't know, care, caring father and just like trying to like look out for her. Like, did you do this? Did you do that? So he's kind of like neurotic and reading more into things than he probably yep. needs to. We see him, people like looking at the windows, but it's kind of this frosted weird glass, you know, for privacy reasons. But you just see these objects movie. like they, they just do such a good job of like, it's like this movie is horror adjacent kind of yes. like, it's just like, man, it could have really, I think the fact that both of us in the last 15 minutes were still wondering what, <laughs> what was going to happen just kind of speaks to how well they set all this up. Yeah. I just want, I want an alternate earth version where just like mm. shit goes off the rails. The last 15 minutes, like I could have sworn at one point when uh, Richard Jenkins character, Eric starts kind of like hearing this this vibrating and i was like hey aliens are coming to suck them up that is yep. that's how we're ending that's, that's how we're doing things yeah, and like yeah. that's all there is to it that's okay <laughs> and uh so I, I want the alternate earth version of that movie where aliens come and they suck them all up i i want to uh kind of switch gears a little bit and before real quick before we dive into true cinema i do want to mention this i feel like this film is really layered and what i think is most interesting to me is we all kind of know that dynamic at Thanksgiving and these big family holidays, everybody kind of brings their baggage with them and whether it gets unpacked or not. And then if it does get unpacked, that obviously opens up doors and cans of worms to tons of other things. And mm -hmm. depending on how people are feeling and how they take it, et cetera. What I think is so interesting and done so well, especially when you talk about uh, Richard Jenkins character and uh, talk about Amy Schumer's character and all of these separate pieces they all come together and they all do talk about their own individual issues or burdens or like weights that they have. But it kind of plays twofold because we get to watch each character unwrap their personal issues and on their personal time. And then we get to see them doing it in a family setting. And mm -hmm. it really makes you ponder and think about how we personally unpack our traumas and then how we unpack them in the eyes and presence of loved ones. I thought that was an incredible um, kind of like two-tone storyline going on with the movie. Yeah, it makes it so relatable. I, th I feel like anybody that watches this can see themselves in this family or or recognize it at least because, like you said, there's just so many different dynamics. Like we have the whole full family dynamic, again, like kind of meeting the boyfriend, like, oh, what do you do? Like all this, like, you know, those pleasantries and the first time, you know, meeting that kind of a thing. Also, Thanksgiving would be the worst time to meet your girlfriend's family for the first time. Like, <laughs> the worst. That sounds like a nightmare to host Thanksgiving, to <laughs> meet your potential in-laws. That sounds awful. Uh, but Horror yes, adjacent, right? It's horror adjacent. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in that sense, like you have, so um, Stephen Young's character is getting to meet the family. Beanie's obviously, like, they're the ones in the relationships that are hosting. But she's also wanting to put on her best front, you know, like, yes, yeah, so everything's great. This is my boyfriend, all that. But then throughout this, you know, throughout the movie, we see her relationship with Amy Schumer and how like as sisters, they talk about their dad or their mom, you know, or her relationship with Stephen Young when they go off, you know, and like yeah. talk to each other like you do in a relationship, like you can confide in each other about things, but then you have to go back out as like a, you, I don't know. It's just, it was amazing what they did here. 
Um, I think, you know, I think about like I was in a writing class in college and the teacher said, like, don't just write about don't write people sitting around a dining room table talking like that's not good. Like you, you can't do that. Like there's very few people who can. And the example he gave obviously was like Reservoir Dogs at the beginning. Like it takes someone special to do that. But I kept thinking about that. This whole movie is like, man, this dude has done a great job and he's doing a wonderful job directing this as well. Like this movie was wonderful. I loved it. Lose back to what I said. It feels like a play, but in the absolute best way possible. I think it's phenomenal. Let's dive into our true cinema segment. This is where we talk about our favorite moment or scene of the film. I have a handful on the list here. Uh, obviously, spoilers ahead for the movie. If if we haven't really spoiled it yet, it's <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Um, okay, let's start. Rich uh, Stephen Young's character sharing his depression at the table with Richard Jenkins' response, thinking that depression is ridiculous and that. Um, this generation, quote unquote, uh, doesn't know how to deal with something like depression. Um, in- incredible scene on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this topic is being talked about so brazenly by Jenkins character and so differently by Yun's character in the presence of the family and they just met it. Yeah. A1, a- a- incredible, really, really good stuff. Um, let's see, Eric sitting alone in the dark, kind of the final scene that we see his, uh, the, the light bulbs have been going out all movie long and they finally all burst and he starts like weeping. He starts crying. He starts like freaking out. Essentially. Yeah. He, he, he has like a panic attack kind of. Um, and, and I love what I love most about this scene is the fact that we kind of get this camera pull away. And we get this really good sense of like, this has been a stage. Mm-hmm. We see both floors of the apartment um, adjacent to each other and like, like kind of looking from the outside in and we get to see like essentially him exit stage left. Like it, yeah. it feels like that the lights go out. I, I got very eerie, um, like very representative of La La Land when she's giving mm. her play, her one woman act and she turns off the light and walks off stage. And like, that's, that's the play. Yes. That's the act. Yeah, I think they did a great job, like you said, setting up throughout the movie, like a light bulb goes out, like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like two goes out, like, oh, it's kind of an inconvenience. And like by the end right. of the whole movie, it's like there are no lights that are functioning in there. He's been talking about his dreams with uh, Rich the whole time. And, you know, he's talking about like, oh, there's like this tunnel and I don't go through all this kind of stuff. So to have the movie end the way it does. But also, again, like speaking to how creepy it is. I was expecting some alien just to like, boom, come like eat him at the end. Swipe you know what I mean? him. Yeah, exactly. Dude. <laughs> I was like, this is what's going to happen now. And then it's just like the actual title cards come up. It's like, man, I really thought something was going to happen. <laughs> and like the, he, he's sitting down on the bottom floor at the dining, like the dining yeah. table and the door is open on the top floor. And that's the only source of light coming from the hallway. And I was just fucking, I was like, District 9 this shit, like yes, some fucking yeah. prawn is going to walk by in the 100%. hallway and we're going to be like, oh my God, this is it. Oh <laughs> man, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. And uh, it's so interesting too with the light bulbs because as the story progresses and as relationships, quote unquote, like deteriorate, the light bulbs continue to go out and you see certain individuals kind of not necessarily like leave, but kind of like emotionally divest from mm-hmm. the conversations that are happening. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting parallel. Uh, okay, I got a few more. Amy breaking down. This is Amy Schumer's character breaking down about missing her girlfriend in front of her dad and uh, essentially telling him to like stop talking, stop saying things to me, but actually don't. Like I, I actually need your comfort and I want your yes. presence. 
Um, I thought that was great Amy Schumer acting. We'll get into Amy Schumer as we do our A1 acts, and we can kind of break that down. Uh, Eric and Rich sharing dreams. You mentioned they're kind of doing this all movie long about talking about what kind of dreams they're having, both of them. Um, Bridget playing her new composition. This is Beanie Feldstein's character who uh, is composing music, and essentially she said it's taken her years to write this, and um, we kind of just see the looks on everybody's faces and how everybody's kind of digesting this Mm -hmm. was a very interesting scene. And then finally, uh, Momo, this would be June Squibb's character, having... Uh, a freak out a breakdown screaming shouting obscenities um just like losing her mind uh towards the end of the movie uh what do you got what's your what's your true cinema moment i mean i did love that momo thing at the end because i felt like some of the stuff she was yelling about it was kind of nonsensical but there were things where i think you could interpret it as like again i know we're kind of in spoilers here but you could see the mom yelling this stuff at richard jenkins or oh, some things yeah, that had happened absolutely. in their past. Like, oh, so Momo's like kind of parroting all this stuff. Yep. Because there's a point when Deidre, the mom's like, I can't sit here and listen to her. And you just think like, oh, she just must be annoying. It's like, oh no, she's like yelling back to her. Like it was really, really interesting. Um, I, Yeah, I think I have to go with the Amy Schumer scene. I wasn't expecting that. Like yeah. Bridget playing the, the music was one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing. Just because like you said, there's so many ways to interpret it. But the Amy Schumer, Richard Jenkins, like just them sharing like a very intimate moment. I do think it's some of the best acting we've seen from Amy Schumer. And yeah, that, that's probably the one that sticks with me the most. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a brief snippet of it in the trailer as well. And I think that's really kind of what hooked me as well. I was like, wow, this is going to get pretty deep. Like mm-hmm. we are, we're definitely going in that territory. I think for me, my true cinema moment has to be rich talking about his depression to Eric kind of in front of the family and how Richard Jenkins, uh, res- like essentially responds in, in a very like okay boomer way mm-hmm. and and you have Steven Yun's character um really trying to rationalize and talk about things because Beanie Feldstein's character uh same thing like she is dealing with this and he is kind of the support for her and they have this very specific outlook on life and you can tell that uh Jenkins and and the mom does not have that outlook and it's this very interesting dynamic that we kind of get to to see play out I I thought it was a, a great scene and Richard Jenkins just so ridiculously good in this movie. Yeah. Let's let's start our A1 acts with Richard Jenkins because it's kind of ridiculous. He he plays Eric. Uh I think most popularly he's known for Step Brothers. Uh yeah, and so. um I, I think that's kind of what we all know him from. Also in The Shape of Water. He is a an uncredited voice in Spotlight. He's the voice on the phone, uh low key fire role from him. Uh The Visitor, Burn After Reading, and Blue Steel are some of his uh, top goes what are you giving it to uh i mean i'm with you that i think stepbrother is probably what he's known for and probably the thing i would like watch the most of his because it's a great performance but i'm actually gonna go with the visitor and this was like an airplane watch for me or it's like oh i don't know what this is uh i think on the cover like one of the guys has like a drum and I, i'm play the drums it's probably as simple as that I was like oh i want to see what this is about and it it was just great his performance was really really strong he's like the co-lead and i would recommend yeah anyone check out the visitor uh it, it's it's a great richard jenkins performance and it's what i actually always think of nice that's a good pick i have not mm-hmm. seen the visitor um but i just looked it up on imdb and it looks very good it looks excellent um good choice I think I'm, I mean, God, it, it's tough. I really like him in this movie. I think without Richard Jenkins, you lose a lot of the depth. You lose a lot of the conversation depth and character depth. 
and like family building, I think a lot of this family interaction interaction is really structured around him and structured around his character. Um, but you know, he he reveals late on in the movie that he got let go yeah. from his job because he cheated um on his on the their mom, his wife, with someone from school, and he kind of carries most of this emotional baggage throughout the movie. So I do think he's really good. Um, you know, at the at the point of saying recency <laughs> bias, I would pick yeah, this. But I gotta I gotta pick Step Brothers. That's I mean that that's the go to. You can't not you can't not pick Step Brothers. It's it's good shit. Um let's let's do June Squibb so who good. plays Momo. Uh freaky like good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like re- really kind of like otherworldly kind of uh, <laughs> acting. She's in Hubie Halloween, which is a piece of shit movie by Adam Sandler, and I love it. It's fantastic. Uh oh, yeah. she's a voice in Soul, she's in Palm Springs, Shameless, oh, really? the T V series. She is Michael Scott's mom in the office on the no, phone yeah. oh, wow. when he That's calls his mom That's and says, awesome. mom, I'm getting engaged. And he, she goes, no, you're not. That, that is her voice. That is crazy. Uh, scent of a woman and about Schmidt. I mean, I haven't really seen a lot of things with June Squibb, but. I got to give it to the I, office. I mean, she spoke like pick. six words. And uh, that's, I'm going to go that's something that actually wasn't I'm on our board. list and that I would highly <laughs> recommend, uh, even above the visitor, is a movie called Nebraska uh, with June Squibb. She was in it, but uh, stars Will Forte and Bruce Dern. Bob okay. Odenkirk's in it. Like, it's got a really solid cast uh, directed by Alexander Payne, who did The Descendants oh, wow. and Election and Sideways. So I uh, definitely recommend Nebraska. June Squibb is awesome in that. <laughs> Not at nice. all. That's a good pick. Yeah. Now my pick seems rather quite lame compared to the uh, the 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 film uh, film critic you are. Um. All right. Let's do Stephen Yoon. Uh, plays mm-hmm. Richard in this movie. He's in uh, Minari, which is a twenty four. Um, another a twenty four banger. Um, Mayhem, Invincible, Burning, and The Walking Dead. I think he's most famously known for The Walking Dead. Probably. Um. I haven't seen anything with him in it except this this is the first time i've seen him act i haven't yeah. seen minari yet um i know i know he's I mean, received yeah, I don't incredible you. praise uh, for it but uh, by default this is my minari to the list because it is a beautiful film that's gonna be my pick for steven young um i've never watched the walking dead to be clear i think he was like a fan favorite so any people listening to this that love a24 and the walking dead <laughs> apologies but <laughs> i've never seen it um but mayhem was fun. Um, it's like a, <laughs> sorry, a lot of people sorry in we let you down. going crazy. And he's one of the few that isn't uh, any basis to kill his way out of it. And it is, if you're in for a, a gory, just fun time, check out mayhem. But my pick will be Minari. You got to see mayhem, dude. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Mayhem sounds fucking sick, dude. That sounds awesome. And I believe the Bill and Ted. Yeah. She's. Oh, so the two of them are the only ones who like haven't gone nuts and they have to kill their way out of this building. It is so cool. Yeah. Check it out. Mayhem. Wow. I'm sold. That is, I, I live, I live for stuff like that. I'm a huge saw guy. So like that is, that sounds dynamite. Uh, okay, let's go. We've got two more mm-hmm. A1 acts to kind of close us out. Uh, I do want to talk about Amy Schumer. We mentioned her earlier. She was in Your True Cinema Moment. She's in Trainwreck, Inside Amy Schumer, Snatched, I Feel Pretty, uh, most popularly known for, for being a comedian. 
She is quite funny. She, I don't think she's very funny. Uh, so I've never, I've never like seeked out her work. Um, so here we are. I'm, I'm going with the humans. I think she delivers really well. And I do think this is pivotal. This could be and has the potential to be a very pivotal role yeah. in her career. When you talk about people, someone like a, like a Will Ferrell and diving down this kind of dramatic rabbit hole, if you will, of film. I think she is at a very crucial point where she can choose, is this the way that I want to go? And do I want people to kind of latch on and believe me that I can actually yeah, do this? I or do I just want to stay comedian? Really nice I think she should go this route. Um, She's pretty I mean, good. I've seen her a couple of times in concert. I, I am, I'm big on Amy Schumer. I think she's great. Uh, Trainwreck. And I don't know. She was really oh, funny no. that I enjoyed that, but I'm going to have to go with inside Amy Schumer just because of everything that goes into making a show. Um, I think one of her bits that kind of made fun of 12 angry men, which was kind of another one location movie is just one of the best things um, that's been done. And then over the quarantine, she did a show with her husband. Mm-hmm. who's like a professional cook and it's called Amy Schumer learns to cook. And it's funny. So I think if you like Amy Schumer and you like cooking shows, give it a shot. I think it's pretty good, but yeah, I'm going to go with inside Amy Schumer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect combination. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, our last day one act last week on the pod, we had directorial sophomore films this Man. week on the pod. We've got directorial debut movies. I'm going to list them all that I have on the list. It is, it's stupid. It's only, yeah. I, I don't know. Sophomores cut. That was a stacked, a stacked choice uh, with all of those, but th- this is pretty impressive. Let's go through what Never I've written enough. here <laughs> and, uh, and apologies again, 24 <laughs> minutes, just not freaking enough, man. It's just set ourselves up for failure every single week. Um, Stephen Karam right here, the humans. I had to throw your girl, Maggie Gyllenhaal on here. You're a huge Maggie Gyllenhaal fan. Uh, she just won last night at, uh, I can't remember the award show, but she won for, for best picture essentially for her, uh, directorial debut, the lost daughter. You've got Seth Rogen. This is the end. Ben Affleck, gone, baby, gone. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. I can't believe I typed that. That I was, I, I read that and I was like, whoa, oh my God. Um, Jor- Jordan Peele, Get Out. Orson Welles, Citizen Kane. Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs. And Sam Mendes, American Beauty. James Cameron, The Terminator. Dan Gilroy, Nightcrawler. Sam Raimi, The Evil Dead. Spike Jones being John Malkovich. That's everything I had on the list. I'm I mean, sure I missed tons of heaters out there. This list is awesome. You, it's you hard, got one that you know, you're going a, with. As a child of the 90s, whatever, and to not go with Reservoir Dogs because I love Tarantino. That's such a solid debut. Um, I mean, Orson Welles and Kane's just like changed film. Jordan Peele's great. Um, but I am. I'm going to throw back to kind of what I just talked about, actually. Uh, the right. Amy Schumer mocks on our show. It's a movie called 12 Angry Men. It was directed by Sidney Lumet. And it is uh, about a, a juror, a jury, um, and them trying to okay. decide if this person is guilty or not. And basically it starts out with 11 people saying yes and one saying no. And then the next, you know, however long is like spent just trying to see like, can minds be changed or whatever. And it all takes place like in the jury room. It's so intense. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, 12 Angry Men for anybody who's who's looking for something like that. Nice. That is, that's a, a really, really good pick. I was, I was looking up Sidney Lumet to see what he has done, uh, on IMDb. All very good, yes. uh, very good things. I am interested real quick before I make my pick, when you talk about a directorial debut, do you, do, uh, are you able to kind of siphon off and, and, and really focus on 
say like you talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino. If you if you were to choose him, are you looking specifically only at Reservoir Dogs, or are you encompassing saying okay, he has Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he has Pulp Fiction, he has all of these other movies that he went on to make, and uh, therefore the debut I, is even better. It's hard better. not to take are into you, account like, which camp are you in? Here? I think it's why, like, with someone like Jordan Peele or Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, Greta Gerwig, like, some who've only just done, like, a handful, it's like, yeah, Get Out was awesome, and, you know, you can make yeah, the argument yeah. it's one of the best movies on this list, and Us, I love, like, I'm curious what else he's going to do, so, you know, we have Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs, and you kind of know, well, he followed that up with Pulp Fiction, which we talked about last week, and then everything else he's gone on to do, um, you know, I guess it's kind of falls into the Seth Rogen, Bradley Cooper camp as well, it's like, I love those movies, you know, it's like, I'm curious what else is going to, is going to happen. Um, right. That's probably why, like as important as Citizen Kane was, I don't know that Orson Welles ever did anything that could live up to that. You know, that's like a difficult thing to do. So some of these, I, th- I think you have to take into account. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind mm-hmm. of impossible not to take in their whole filmography. I think that's just kind of inherently like, if if you talk about you know House of Gucci just came out, yeah. you talk about Scott Ridley. That's you you have to talk about uh, Blade Runner. You you have to talk about Prometheus. You have to talk about Alien. You have to talk about um, all of these other movies that he did and uh, Gladiator and everything in between, right? Like you can't just talk about one one movie, one film. So I think that's kind of how it goes. And I'm going to completely <laughs> okay. contradict myself and, and go right. strictly with somebody who has had a one hit, one hit wonder. And I'm fucking, I'm going Bradley Cooper. That's just a, uh, it just had to be done. I'm going with my gut right now. Bradley Cooper is starring in and producing or, and directing a star is born. A, a is ridiculous. Alongside Lady Gaga is stupid. That yeah. movie is so good. And then you, and you talk about something like that, like, Ben Affleck goes on to direct, star in, and produce uh, Argo, and he wins you Best Picture be the year that he be. does. I, love that. It. I, I think, it's I think that is that is incredible. Like it's not on this list. But the only person to debut I, a movie I, I, for I the know. third I like remake a star of it, born, which I think man. is I like that movie. <laughs> but I love that movie. Lady Gaga was great, and she was also good in Gucci. Yeah, <laughs> that's a uh, that's intense. <laughs> I think too. Yeah, can I give yeah. an honorable I mention think, to Spike uh, Jones for being John awesome. Malkovich? That movie is, uh, is so unique and so yeah, incredibly I well done. Pick. It's hard um, to argue that I, I think that deserves a um, shout as well. Yeah. So where where does this fall in your A twenty four ranking? Is this going to be a first cow for yeah. you? Which is our top levels? Is this a good time, Tough. or is this the farewell? This yeah. is the last you want to see of the humans. <laughs> i i think um i mean look i did th- i did want this to be the last that i saw of the humans i wanted aliens to come around and, and i wanted i wanted it to be aliens um i think honestly this is now that we talk about it now that we dissect it the deeper we dive into it this is really kind of like the cream of the crop of a24 for me i think this is not the future of but i think this is a step in the right direction for a24 and you talk about um like a uh, an adaptation of a play to film uh, done incredibly right. Talk about a really good cast, a solid sure. directorial debut. And again, like a, a A24 is, is you know, that's what this podcast is based around. They're a production company that is unafraid to take a chance, unafraid to dive in and pay money 
to people or projects that they that people have never heard of or people don't know or like whatever the case may be. But I think this movie is so layered and so different and it's done we have to figure so just so so well it's really really towards the top for me out. and we're you know uh, as this podcast I goes along we're gonna have to get a solid ranking going on here we're gonna have to, gonna have like to start getting ones twos and threes time man. uh but in hearing your review on it's like yeah i think this might be like your first <laughs> I know. Thing. Like it really I feel is bad. what they did even the monotony of like going up and down the little spiral staircase just like everything added to it i've talked on here before how i love like a long one take i love locked off shots this movie gave me all of that um, so yeah, I think this has to be a first cow right, along right. those lines really quickly. We didn't talk about her at all, but Jane Howdy shell plays the mom and she won a Tony for performing this on Broadway. So when I saw the cast and she was the one person I didn't recognize, like, Oh man, she's got her work cut out for her going up against June Squibb and Richard Jenkins. And I was like, no, I think all these guys were going up against her and her fucking Tony Crazy. for playing this performance on Broadway. She was so good. And I just wanted to make sure we <laughs> talked about her before wrapping this episode up. <laughs> that's crazy bro yeah definitely deserves some credit again yeah same here like i've never heard of her and i was like okay i guess she's part of the cast and and that's i think again a testament to how well this movie is done and Mm -hmm. you you are able to take all the pieces from the stage and put them in the film and you get a a writer director who can put it on camera and does it exactly the way that it should be done um, is incredible, and I can't yeah, wait to go back and like, rewatch this movie. This, I don't think we've gonna, even mentioned. I know that I'm going to pick up on so much more. Like they were and all the intricacies, with all the conversations uh, and, like and what, characters. You, know, you feel like Richard Jenkins' so grief is the wait. whole time, where he's like dealing with stuff, and Amy was in an interview. So like that plays into it. it's like really kind of what this is about. It's a family like, kind of dealing with the grief of 9/11 right, and right. like being, uh, you know, maybe a survivor's guilt, something along those lines. But I'm very excited to see what Stephen Karam does next. I think this was a great debut. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to, to whatever he's got in store for mm-hmm. us. Very curious to hear what your thoughts are on a 24s the humans. What is your favorite mm-hmm. directorial debut? Let us know if we didn't mention it. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram at 24 minutes of a 24. I'm Ben Lawhorn. And I'm Ethan Simi. spring break forever, bitches.